0: Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, Episode Forty Five. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to talk about our buddy Geoff of Adonham.com, Dunham.com room, the hegemon combo list. But before that, hit our theme song. Hey, Ryder, back for another whirlwind adventure. How you doing, man?
1: What's going down?
0: A whole ton, including I got that intro on the first try.
1: Yeah, fastest intro on the planet.
0: Virtually no practice.
1: I'm very proud of myself. Thank you. But we do have a jam-packed <laughs> show today. Sometimes when I listen to the intro, I can't listen to it fast enough. <laughs> like, as soon as you hit play on Commander Cookout Podcast, it starts and it's like,
0: boof, 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 boof. Ah! Hey, man, you got to keep the pace up.
1: <laughs> right?
0: That's We got the theme song, we got the thing. Get hype, it's Commander Cookout Podcast! That's it. I threw up a gang sign there, too. I'm not going to tell you which one, though. I don't want to get in trouble.
1: Yeah. It you know. uh, doesn't really matter. Jeffofadunham.deck.com. Not like
0: an that. actual website. <laughs> yeah, not an actual place. That's just what we... I don't even remember what we call them that. I don't even know if anybody else calls them that.
1: I don't know, but you know what? If and when we ever start the Commander Cookout website, as funded by patron, thank you, Um, maybe we also buy that URL, and then that's like... <laughs> It's just a mirror that takes you to the actual site? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that would be fun. We yep. should do that. We'll definitely do that. That's a thing that we'll do. Uh, so have your website, uh, social media? Oh, yeah. We can definitely do social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast on Twitter or tappedout.net. That's where you can see eventually this deck, any deck we've already talked about, any deck we will talk about, or Commander Cookout on Twitter. Gmail or we're commander cookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us any kind of show suggestions, fan mail, hate mail, no nudes. Nudes, GF sent nudes. G- oh, yeah, right. I forgot. Not of him. Yeah, check Twitter. We'll CCO podcast. You'll see the nudes that Jeff set. that yep. scumbag finding the loophole.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, we're also commander cookout on the Google machine, iTunes, Google Play, Commander Society, EDHREC.com, YouTube, and Patreon.
1: Here we go, and big thank you to all the patrons, and big shout out to new patrons, Eric Kinsey and Brandon Galago.
0: Brandon Galapagos.
1: Yes, that's kind of like your name. Yeah. And Eric Kinsey, uh, good nickname? I can't think of anything. Mm. Eric, let us know.
0: Yeah, we. if I wanted to make fun of him, I'd call him Air Dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes. I don't,
0: he's a good guy, I'm assuming, so... Oh,
1: so don't call him that.
0: Well, I mean... Hey, Air dick. do you like that nickname, or is that too much? Let us know. Okay, so before we go on with the show, we do have one important bit of housekeeping. It is the Ark of Friendship. And for Friendship arc, we are giving away Friendship-based prize packages. Uh, this round, we're doing a Purphoros and Friends prize pack. Ryan's going to read the cards that you're going to get real quick.
1: Oh, very much so. We got Perforos, God of the Forge. Impact Tremors picked one up. Excellent. Goblin Bombardment for sacking everything, Goblin Slide in Foil, Mere Incubator, Furnace of Wrath, Mere Battlesphere, Warstorm Surge, and my personal favorite, Urza's Rage from Invasion. Neat little prize pack. Now, what we did was we took all of the people who
0: followed us on YouTube or Potomatic or anywhere else, Twitter, what have you, patrons' names, all that stuff threw them all into a hat, not a physical hat, a digital hat, because we didn't have the time to write everybody's name down on a piece of paper and draw one. Everybody goes into a random nun- number generator. Beep, 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 And we ended up with a name, and the name is... Finn Bogarty
1: Sparrowak at Sparrowack on Twitter.
0: Very good. He is the winner. So congratulations, sir. You can perforose your whole table and make them hate you. And yes. blame us, and we'll take the blame. And if yeah, right. everybody who doesn't like that.
1: Yes, so... so Get in contact with us. You have us on Twitter. You have us on, uh, well, you know, our email and stuff. So get in touch with us, and we will send you your stuff.
0: Yes, along with a personalized note from us.
1: You're going to write it.
0: I will write it because my printing is very small. So that one's all handled. That one's all dealt with. So for next, two weeks from now, we've got a budget Wooberg mana base.
1: Right now, the pile consists of a gemstone mine. All 10 of the tri lands, so that comes into play tapped, 3 color lands, and a full set of vivid lands, 2 in foil. Now, we talk about budget 5 color mana bases on the on the show fairly frequently, and you can do it. Trust me, I have decks that run this kind of mana base, and they're very powerful. It works good. Now... The thing about this one that we're gonna we're gonna throw a little bit of spice into it is if you're the winner of this by retweeting, following, sharing the show, whatever it is that you do to win, you're actually gonna get some surprise cards. Ooh. Yes. Now, those are also going to be, let's call them air quotes, five color lands. Does that mean that they're gonna be lands that give you one of any color? Is it gonna be lands that tap for, you know, they're gonna go in a five color mana base? So a little bit of a little bit of a teaser there.
0: Teasers are awesome.
1: Yes, yes. especially when they're. I'm not going to say that. Get <laughs> on your rhyme.
0: So anyway, yeah. So like, so, you know, like spread the show, spread the word, and maybe you'll win some fun stuff.
1: Yes, I put it on Twitter the other day that we are upping our prize game with every arc or every giveaway. for we're doing giveaways, couple of them in the arc, and this one's going to be no different. So if you think the Perforos one was eh, pretty good, the Lands one. I promise you will be better. Wink, wink.
0: Nudge, nudge. Very good. So what are we talking about today, Ron? What, we we kind of got off topic there. Congratulations again to Finn. Finn? Finn? Finn Bogarty. Yes. Slippery Bogerty. Yes. Yeah, there we go. That card's um, not the best.
1: We are talking about a little ditty called Shroom the Hegemon. Let's give him a quick read. I think it's her. Don't assume
0: gender. I guess I assumed gender too, didn't I? Yes, you did. We have both failed.
1: I'm okay with failing the, because the him or her is what you're going to read.
0: Okay, so Shroom the Hegemon is a sphinx artifact creature for three white, blue, black, five, five, flying. When Shroom the Hegemon enters the battlefield, you may return target artifact from your graveyard to play.
1: A.K.A. the battlefield. What? <laughs> yes. Right. That's, that's, what it's, that's what it used to be called.
0: Right. Okay, so yeah, okay. Sh-
1: Shroom... Start of the Arc of Friendship, Friendship Arc, whatever you want to call it. Shroom, we mentioned her. Geoff has this deck. This is our buddy Geoff's deck. And Shroom used to be very competitive. Kind of fallen out of favor now of late, don't you think?
0: Well, I haven't even... I don't even remember Jeff playing this deck in quite a while, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's, I mean, has been a while. There's been other, um, what, what is it, Esper commanders that have come out since. That- I, wait, I know, it was the the four-color one.
0: Probably killed her, right? I don't remember her name. Atraxa? Is it Brea?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Because Brea's the new kind of artifact. That's right. Combo commander because she just kind of does what Shroom does, but a little better. And she's got an extra color in her.
1: Yeah. And red, we talked about in the first episode of the friendship arc that red has kind of assumed the role of the artifact stacks color. Yeah. So, yeah. F you, Brea. Yeah, Fu Atraxa uh, as always, and um, maybe you'll like the Shroom deck.
0: Maybe, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. There's lots of cool includes that you you probably would never play with otherwise. So, yeah, let's let's do it. What let's, are we?
1: Let's get into the recipe. Creatures, twenty two creatures, twenty two
0: of them. We're gonna so we're gonna try this.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was my microphone. I don't know if you can hear that on. Uh... Definitely can. Damn it.
0: So we're gonna run these guys down real quick. We're going to try a new thing where I'm just going to read the name and Ryan's going to tell you in a word or two what they do. Very good. That sounds fun. Yeah. Can Quick let's, hits. Let's do good this. Hit. Blightsteel Colossus.
1: Eleven Eleven Trample Infect. Chief Engineer. He gives your guys Convoke, which means you can tap other dudes to play your artifacts. Enigma Sphinx. Cascade. Ether Sworn Abducator. That guy destroys an artifact or enchantment and you can untap him to reuse him. How about an Sworn Canonist? That one makes it so you can only play one non-artifact spell per turn. Filigree Angel. That guy lets you gain three life for each artifact uh, when he enters the battlefield. How about Glass Dust Hulk? Oh, this one is a good one. Okay, so this one is a 3-4 for white-blue-3. Whenever another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, Glass Dust Hulk gets plus one, plus one, and is unblockable until end of turn and it has cycling for an Azorius hybrid. This guy actually is an instant win with one of the Shroom combos if he's unmolested because he's unblockable.
0: Goodness. All right. Yep. Let's, let's keep going on here. We've got uh, Dinkswell Leviathan.
1: Dinkswell Leviathan is a 7-Eleven Island Walk Trample Shroud.
0: Dang. Kaldatha Forgemaster.
1: He's sacrificed a bunch of artifacts, searched for a bunch of artifacts, put them onto the battlefield.
0: Dang. How about Magister Sphinx?
1: Magister Sphinx, when he was being developed, he was called Two Punch Steve because when he enters the battlefield, he makes your life total 10. He's a 5-5 five, five Flying Sphinx. What a piece of shit. Master Transmuter. Ooh, lets you bounce a thing, play a thing for free. How to Micosynth Golem. Mycosynth Golem, affinity for artifact, 4-5 four, for 11. 11. And gives your other artifacts affinity for artifacts, which means they cost one less to play for each artifact you control. So technically, he could be a 4-5 for free. Very much so. How about a mere battlesphere? Oh, mere battlesphere like this one. We all know mere, mere battlesphere. Four yeah. seven for seven attacks for big damage. brexian Metamorph. Metamorph. Another piece of the Shroom combo enters the battlefield and becomes a target, or comes a copy of target artifact or creature, and you copy Shroom. Legend rule applies. Says one of them dies when Shroom hits the graveyard. You bring her back when you resolve the Metamorph's ability that copied Shroom's enter the battlefield ability. Bringing the Shroom or the Metamorph back, copying the Sphinx or copying Shroom again. It dies, you bring it back, it dies, you bring it back. Infinity times. And we'll probably uh, find
0: out why that's relevant soon. Yes, because infinity. <laughs> How about Sharding Sphinx? Sharding. Sharding Sphinx. I said that right. I've also noticed that everything here costs five or more for the most part. We'll get into that later.
1: Whenever an artifact you control deals combat damage, you get a 1 1. Shimmermere. Shimmermere is uh, gives all your artifacts flash. Sphinx of the Steel Wind. Sphinx of the Steel Wind beats wholesale ass. Sphinx Sovereign. That makes you gain life or opponent lose life. Sphinx Summoner. Sphinx that lets you tutor for an artifact. Steel Hellkite. Should be a Sphinx, but it pseudo kind of wraths. It's a 5-5 five five flyer for six. Treasure Mage. How you find Steel Hellkite. It lets you search for an artifact with six. Converted mana cost when it enters the battlefield. Worm Coil Engine. The other thing you find with Treasure Mage. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a bunch of big Sphinxes,
0: which you don't see a lot of, which is kind of neat. Good on you, Jeff. Could be Sphinx Tribal if you made a couple tweaks, I think. Yeah, there's a card from, what is it, uh, B- 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 Hour of Devastation
1: that works with Sphinxes. It lets you, what the hell is that, Factor Fiction every turn? Factor Fiction Sphinx. Yeah. I don't think it's from Hour, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But he's yeah. there. He's so a thing. 22 creatures plus Shroom. And um, you could see that there was a couple combos in there with Sharoom, And that's why she used to be considered so powerful. Because you could artifact mana her out super fast, super early. You know, turn two or three with uh, Phyrexian Metamorph. Or if we jump right into the artifact section and go to a little ditty called Sculpting Steel... Sculpting Steel is a 3-drop artifact that when it enters a battlefield, it becomes a copy of target artifact you control. Copy Shroom, Legend Rule applies, kills the Sculpting Steel, it comes back with Shroom's ETB ability, infinite times.
0: That's why Glass Dust Hulk is really good.
1: Yes. That's one of the reasons that that combo, how it works and blah, blah, blah. Glass Dust Hulk costing 5, he's in play. Summoning Sickness is gone by the time you play Shroom. Next turn, boom.
0: Dunzo. Also, I noticed all of the creatures in the deck... Minus the treasure mage are
1: artifacts. Yeah, that's probably important. Get your shadow storms, kids, and also chief engineer. Chief engineer isn't an artifact. No, for shame. Yes,
0: for shame. For
1: shame. Artifacts. Uh, for brevity's sake, let's say that we're gonna skip the mana rocks because we're gonna talk about them in the mana rock section.
0: Let's do it. All
1: right, we'll go through these. We'll try and go through this again. A chroma's memorial. That's a big beating tribal thing. Cranial Plating. Cranial Plating. Plus one for each artifact you control equipment. Seems pretty good. Crucible of the World. Crucible lets you play lands from your graveyard. Darksteel Forge. Makes all your artifacts indestructible. Lightning Greaves. Haste Shroud. Mirror Works. When an artifact comes into play, pay two, copy it. Planar Portal. Tap six, and it search for something put into your hand. Scourglass. Glass. That is an artifact, Wrath of God.
0: We already talked about Sculpting Steel. How about Sensei's
1: Divining Top? Look at the top three or draw a card. Spine of Issa. Enters the battlefield, vindicate. Staff of Nin. Tap it. Deal one damage. Draw a card during your upkeep. Sword of the Meek. Sword of the Meek. Part of another combo. Let's talk about it real quick. Does it go with Thopter Foundry? Uh Ooh, it does. Good yeah. thing they're right beside each other in the list. Yes. So Sword of the Meek says, Equipped creature gets plus one, plus two, and it's a two-drop equipment. Equips for two, so an all-in cost of four. Big deal. Don't care. But whenever a 1-1 creature enters the battlefield, under your control, you may... You return Sword of the Meek from your graveyard attached to it. Thank you. And Thopter Foundry says, one, sacrifice a non-token artifact. Hmm, let's say Sword of the Meek. Put a 1-1 one, one blue Thopter into play, and you and, gain one life. And you gain a life. And you gain one life. And you gain so one life. So as long as you have that one mana, you sacrifice Sword of the Meek, and you get a Thopter and gain a life, and you get Sword of the Meek back tap. Atop- Attached to that creature, all you need at this point then is a sack outlet like hmm, Ashnod's Altar or Phyrexian Altar to give you that one mana. And goddamn, Jeff doesn't play them. <laughs> <laughs> He, he gave me some justification um, that we're going to talk about later, and when we start suggesting cards and budget includes and stuff, uh, we'll talk about that again. But that is a combo, and you can value the table out in a couple ways, just because getting a 1-1 every single turn of the game and gaining one life, like you, if in a five-player game, you're gaining five life every round of the table, and you're getting 5 one-ones every round of the table that fly. That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: Next oh what is next here? Next up we have trading post. Oh, a
1: trading post does everything. It's the artifact planeswalker. It draws cards, gains life, sacrifices things, gives you zero one goats and or gets your artifacts back from your graveyard. Pretty good. And unwinding clock. Unwinding clocks how you get your value with the Foundry. It untaps your artifacts every single turn, like uh, Seedborn Muse. How's about a voltaic key? Voltaic key is one tap, untap, target artifacts. So again, just gives you strict value when you're untapping mana rocks. It gives you more than that one mana it uses to activate Voltaic Key.
0: I'm also amazed that they printed that card, and do you know why? Why? Because they printed Time Vault.
1: Yes. And yes. they printed Voltaic Key originally like back in the day, like in Urza block, yeah. when it had all that busted artifact mana, like things like Dynamo. that's in this deck. Yeah. Dynamo taps for three, use one to untap it, tap for three again, you yeah. got five mana all of a sudden. Hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Good okay. On so that's the artifacts. And then we skipped over the rocks. We're
0: going to get back to those yeah. in a little bit.
1: We got we got 5 instants, we got 8 sorceries. Anything of particular note here other than uh in the sorcery section we've got a little ditty called Bitter Ordeal. I like this better than any of the enter the battlefield type things or um I like Bitter Ordeal better than the stuff going into your graveyard creature theme like Disciple of the Vault, Zulaport Cutthroat or Blood Artist, right? When something goes to your graveyard, everybody loses a life and you gain that one life. Bitter Ordeal. Brando will give this guy a little read because it's a little spicy. Bitter Ordeal. We actually talked about this in our Queen Marchesa deck. D- I just remembered that. Which I like. So,
0: Bitter Ordeal is a sorcery for Black 2. Search target player's library for a card and remove that card from the game. And it has Gravestorm. And Gravestorm is whenever, or you get to copy this spell for every permanent that went to your graveyard this turn.
1: So when you go back to the Sharoom Sculpting Steel example, this will copy itself an infinite number of times where infinite equals number of times Sculpting Steel went to the graveyard.
0: Correct, which will usually be the number of cards in all of your opponent's libraries, and then you remove their libraries from the game, and you typically win after that.
1: Yes, you just say, go, and then they go and draw and lose.
0: Yes, there are very few, unless they had a Lab Maniac on board.
1: (laughs) Yeah, can you imagine
0: that would be just that would be, be the so biggest awesome. fu. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be so sweet.
1: Okay, uh, we've got a couple reanimation targets, and stuff like Buried Alive, which is search your library for up to three creatures, put them on into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. I think Sphinx Tribal is the reason for these reanimation spells.
0: Yes. Also, they're all artifacts, and he's rocking an Open the Vaults, which returns all artifacts and enchantment cards in all graveyards to play.
1: For white, white four.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a thing, but this is a this is a deck that in EDH in a typical playgroup, I think would get wrathed very easily and very often. because so, there's
1: so much value, there's so much artifact shenanigans going on, and then and they're get, so easy to kill. You Every get wrath, yeah. shatterstorm, vandal blast, or whatever, and they're so easy to kill. Then you get your uh, open the vaults to bring them back. Yeah,
0: it's just handy to help you rebuild. That. And the rest of the stuff is all tutors. There's the diabolic tutor, fabricate, acquire, lets you tutor somebody else's deck. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty so good. good. Uh, Beacon of Unrest is a reanimation spell. Yeah. And then the instants are basically the same thing. We've got an enlightened tutor, vampiric tutor, muddle the mixture, which is a counter spell and a tutor. An entomb, which tutors something into your bin, and then an Esper Charm, which I, I like don't... this one. I feel like it's kind of a loose include it, for me. It I is, don't... but read what it does. Choose one. Destroy a target enchantment, or draw two cards, or target player discards two cards. For white. Blue, black, instant.
1: Now, white, blue, black, let's say three converted mana cost target player discards two cards. Like, F off. We're never going to use that one. Not in a five-player game. Not ever. But destroy target enchantment if there's a troublesome enchantment. But if there's not, draw two cards. I guess. Don't mind that. I feel there's
0: better ways to draw cards in blue and cheaper ways to destroy enchantments or artifacts in white.
1: I agree. Namely disenchant. I agree. But this is both of them on one card.
0: I suppose play, I guess you couldn't play austere command or cryptic command or none of the commands would work. They have more modes, but yeah. neither one of those modes Cryptic command are these would
1: be things. okay, but this is a three color deck, so I mean, maybe that makes it challenging to play cryptic command. Mind you, Esper Charm's three hard colors. Yeah. Funny story with Esper Charm, I don't know if anybody, any of the listeners remember, Pro Tour, there was a guy that cast Esper Charm, and he says, uh, Esper Charm targeting myself, thinking, Esper Charm, I want to draw two cards. But the target mode on Esper Charm is target player discards two cards and he had to discard two cards. So there was a big fiasco. He had to call a judge because the intent of his play was to draw two with his Esper Charm end of turn. So if you run Esper Charm, remember that the target mode is target player discards two cards. And you might be playing with a big
0: sloppy douche. Yes, That will actually call you on your <laughs> yeah,
1: that'd be so funny.
0: inappropriate verbiage. Yeah,
1: F that guy. Planeswalkers, looks like Geoff's got four, and they're like the artifact or tutor four. We got, uh, who do we got? We got Venser the Sojourner. Blink's a dude. We got Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas. Look at the top five cards of your library, put an artifact into your hand. Liliana Vess, I hate this card. Yeah, I feel like I it's it. a five mana tutor. I feel like it's a
0: five mana shitty tutor. You think? Because it tutors to the top of your library. You, so everybody knows, or well, they don't know what you got, but yeah, like, it's the top of your library, and it costs five.
1: You know what? I do play it in Balthor, zombie.deck, and it is probably the worst tutor in that deck, but it also... It's the worst tutor it, in any deck. It tutors, and then it gains you life if they attack it, and if they don't, it tutors again. So you can set your draw up two turns in a row with exactly what you want. Like, it, it's the best card in your deck for two turns in a row. It doesn't gain you life. It doesn't gain you life, but if they attack it instead of you,
0: yeah, I guess.
1: Right, Liliana Tutor, you go. Liliana take ten. I just gain ten life. Equivalency,
0: or, or they just give you, hit you for ten because she's no longer relevant because she's already done her ability and f her.
1: Except I can use her ability again next turn and tutor again. It's I the guess. best card in my deck, and then it's the best card in my deck again. So I really, guess. it's like, it's like, two cards or. I still hate
0: it. I just play Vampiric Tutor.
1: Yeah, it's the weakest tutor, but yeah, I don't want to cut it because I got the sweet promo art and stuff called <laughs> Dang It. <laughs> and then the last of the
0: four Planeswalkers is Tezzeret the Seeker.
1: Yeah, and Jeff stole my tech here, talking about the uh, minus zero off Tezzeret to search for an artifact. You can search for Utility Lands, a.k.a. Artifact Lands.
0: Correct, of which he is playing three, they being Ancient Dan, Sea of the Synod, and I forget the black one. Vault of Whispers? Yes. Yeah, ha! <laughs>
1: Is he play- Oh, and he's playing Darksteel Citadel, which is the indestructible colorless one. Yes. Yep. But if I was him, I would be playing Tezzeret and searching for real artifacts in this deck because they are, I mean... With all artifacts. It's all artifacts, A and B. It's like one of your main ways to win. Yes. Search for your glass... For like um, Tezzeret becomes your glass dusk hulk or Tezzeret becomes your sculpting steel. Very so good. Pretty, pretty good. That's, that's, that's a right.
0: solid, solid choice to make.
1: Yep. So 37 lands. He's got some good utility lands in here a la Academy Ruins. I like that guy. I don't know if we've talked about that. Have we talked about that one? No, it's like 20 bucks. Okay, Academy Ruins. That's like 700 Canadian dollars. It
0: taps for a colorless or you can tap a colorless and a blue and it to put target artifact
1: from your bin on the
0: bottom of your library.
1: Or on the top of your library, sorry. Yeah, I don't mind that.
0: That's pretty good. It's almost better
1: than the Liana it's probably better than Liliana in this deck if you are gotten, like, combo shenanigans. Yeah. Yep, and also Buried Ruin kind of does the same thing. Buried Ruin also taps for colorless, two colorless, and it, sack it, return target artifact from your bin to your hand. And that goes really nice with Crucible of Worlds because Crucible lets you put it into play again from your graveyard. Yes. Crucible, though, other than that, and other than, like, Esper Panorama or Evolving Wilds or like a random uh, what is it? fetch land. Not doing a whole lot in the deck. We'll see if we keep that. I'd keep it. You think so? We got Strip Mine in here too. And all of these utility lands that you get back from your graveyard that tap for colorless, a la Buried Ruin and Strip Mine and Esper Panorama, not that big of a hindrance for the deck because there's lots of artifacts. Yes. We'll talk about that guy a little bit later we will. So, Geoff, he texted me the other day, we're doing the deck, um, he's telling me about combos and all this stuff, because this was actually challenging to discern everything that this deck does. Artifact hand, library, artifact manipulation, tutoring, comboing, synergy instead of combo. He it's says Jeff's forte. It is. Very grindy. He says, you know what, despite all of these interactions and, and tutors, 12 of them, he says there's not a whole lot of card draw. I look through the deck, 3 card draws. So, do tutors in this instance, in this deck, when you can make big artifact mana, do tutors make up for card draw?
0: I think in a deck like this, tutors are probably better than card draw, given the amount of mana that this thing is capable of pumping out, because you might as well just find the thing that you want, rather than just get a bunch of other things, because you might as well play what you want instead of what you have.
1: I suppose so. Now, when you play tutor, that card doesn't actually do anything do you know what i mean it doesn't affect the board in any meaningful way it doesn't affect your opponent's hand it doesn't do anything does you drawing cards do that no but it puts cards in your hand and any of the good card draw spells do it on a more than one for one basis i cast one card and pick up three from my deck versus i cast one tutor and get one card granted best card in the deck for the scenario at hand Um, The card
0: that you replaced your tutor with wins you the game in this deck.
1: I suppose. There's
0: so many combos in this deck that you could usually search for one thing, and you probably just have the rest of the crap to just win the game with it. Yes.
1: Is that the kind of thing we want to promote on this show? No.
0: F-U-G off. F-U-G off. You're a piece of crap. Yes. You're a slightly smaller piece of crap than the deck we're going to talk about next week.
1: Okay, see you next week. (laughs) Nah, just kidding. We always do that. I'm just kidding.
0: That's an old joke, we like it. And yep. you like it too. Says I think the
1: feedback. Two, two things. I think you could take this deck specifically down the Sphinx tribal route and that would be really fun and probably pretty budget. Absolutely. And once your playgroup knows that it's not a douchebag showroom deck, you could get away with it. No, you can get away with doing douchebag Sharoom stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 cuz it it still would be that deck. It would just be Sphinx tribal that deck. Yeah. Or you could Take out the Sphinx tribal theme because all the Sphinx costs like 6, 7, 8, 58 mana and put in a bunch of card draw spells. And there's some really good artifact card draw spells. Thirst
0: play for that knowledge. deck. Yeah,
1: yeah. play that deck. Thirst for Knowledge. It's one of the cards I want to recommend to Geoff. He's obviously already thought of it. It's Thirst for Knowledge for God's sakes. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, for anybody who doesn't know, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes.
0: Could we not, in this deck, play Dinkmouth Infusion? <clears throat>
1: We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay, moving down. Targeted removal. Six pieces. And I like something like, maybe you count this, maybe you don't acquire. We touched on it. Tutor for something out of somebody else's deck. And you put it into play under your control. Is that removal? No. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay, no. scratch that. But still good card. Very good card. I like Aether Sworn Adjudicator. That's the guy that taps to destroy and... Creature or enchantment. That's relevant. Yes, it is. For three mana, tap, destroy target creature or enchantment. And that's a four, four for five flying Videlkin Knight. Knight? I thought he was a Sphinx. What the hell is this?
0: If you look at the picture, it looks kind of like a flying gorilla with a video game weak spot on his chest.
1: With like little wings. Yeah, it's kind of like a... comical almost.
0: Yeah, it is kind of strange looking. (laughs) Thanks, Conflux.
1: Also... I think Muddle the Mixture and Esper Charm, we talked about Esper Charm, we, we touched on Muddle the Mixture, Counterspells, are those removal? I think so, right? You can sort of,
0: I guess you can count them on in kind of a loose manner, but you can
1: count it, sure. You've got to have it at the right time. Yes. But if you don't and you draw it later, it tutors for uh, something that wins you the game?
0: That's why I've always been so bad at playing control decks, because I never like to draw my Counterspell after they've already played something that I don't mm. want them to have. That's why Muddle's good. Drawing counterspell after they've played something sweet is way less than way less good than drawing terminate after they've played something that I want them to have.
1: I do agree. Yeah, that's for sure. Mass removal, two or three. If you count either sworn canonist, I don't. You don't. I don't. Let's give it a read again, just to remind everybody. Either
0: sworn canonist. Each player who has played a non-artifact spell this turn can't play additional non-artifact spells.
1: And it's a two-two for white one. Very good. And, yeah, very good. Keeps people off. Very stacks card. Stacks being kind of a strategy that you can employ to keep other people off of their game plan. Yes. In this deck, don't care, because you've got so many artifacts.
0: Correct. There's, what, like two non-artifact things that are creatures and the rest of it's basically just artifacts. Or a card you only need to play one of. Yes. You only need to play one thing.
1: If you go to Scourglass, we're going to read that guy. Scopperglass is an artifact
0: for three white-white colored artifacts. Thanks again, Alara. We got uh, tap it, sack it, destroy all permanents except for artifacts and lands.
1: Play this ability only during your upkeep. I'm okay with that. It's not bad. You keep all your stuff. And they lose all their stuff. Unless they have artifacts, but you're going to have more of those. Probably. Yep, so don't mind that guy for sure. Ramp spells. Huh. Zero. None. No ramp spells. Search for land, put it into play. None. Nothing. No mana doublers. None.
0: Nothing. Don't need them.
1: Mana rocks, though. Eleven. Eleven. That's probably lots, considering that there's cards in here that let you untap them, either for free or for significantly discounted cost. Yeah, so... correct. Let's go into a few of them, and I... Did not count Metamorph or Sculpting Steel because under normal circumstances, they're your win conditions. They're your win conditions. In lots of games, though, it would be totally fine to use Sculpting Steel or Metamorph to copy a mana rock. I've seen it done lots.
0: All right. So what do we got here? We'll just, we'll kind of go through them
1: quickish like we do. Sure. We have Dark Steel Ingot. That is indestructible taps for any color mana for three. Gilded Lotus. For five, tap for three mana of any one color. Lotus Bloom. Same thing, except it's got Suspend 3. Mox and Suspend op- cost is zero. Should be important. Very important. Yeah. Mox Opal. Zero. Metalcraft. Tap for a man of any color. Sol Ring. Taps for two. Thran Dynamo. For four, you tap it for three colorless.
0: Chief Engineer.
1: He is a mana dork, gives your artifacts Convoke. We talked about him briefly in the quick hits. I think you count, probably count Tezzeret the Seeker in your way. Very much so, because... Seeker can... His other ability that we don't talk about lots is plus one, untap, what is it, two artifacts? Yes. Very good. Untap your Thran Dynamo and your Gilded Lotus. That's six extra mana. That's pretty good. I like that. That'll cast you a Sphinx.
0: Solid as hell. Actually, in this deck, it might not because the Gilded Lotus taps for three three mana of the same color and lots of the Sphinxes are (laughs) multicolored.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You can use your... He, Wait, include Jeff's those non Yeah, no. Jeff's got a pretty good <laughs> mana base. He could he could support the rest with real mana. Let's uh, let's push on. Let's go out to a little bit on how to play the deck. I think by this time, like any time that we talk, is is pretty self-explanatory on how to play the deck. We've got six one drops. That's one out of every three games you're going to be able to cast a one drop on turn one. The one drop on turn one in this deck might actually determine the line of play you take for the deck.
0: Which you gotta like that. So looking at one drops, to kind of illustrate what Ryan's saying, at the one drop slot we have dubs tutors, both of which would find you your sculpting steel slash Phyrexian Metamorph if you wanted to go with the sacrifice some life strategy. So that would obviously put you on that line the or
1: shroom line, I guess, right?
0: Yeah. Or you could do entomb to find a fatty and then exhume or reanimate him some other way in the coming turns.
1: Yes. And the I guess the other way, now that I'm looking at it again, is we've got Sensei's Divining Top, Soul Ring, and Voltaic Key, all kind of artifacty, grindy, value-y type stuff to set up your turn two, three, four with more mana. Yes. So maybe the other way, the other direction the deck goes is just big mana, big mana, big mana, big creature. You know, yes. turn four, big sphinx. Turn four cascade sphinx into something else, start beating wholesale ass could be done yes and that's why i like the sphinx tribal thing because it's not that common because um, you do have to play very powerful cards to support sphinxes because they're not that well of a supported tribe
0: ah but they had all those reprints in those recent masters set didn't they weren't they the blue tribe that they wanted to in iconic masters wasn't it sphinxes? was there sphinxes in
1: there yeah i bought zero mo- i did t- uh, I actually uh,
0: forgot that it came out yeah all of the uh what was it on un- whatever the unset is called Unhinged. Unstable. Unstable. All of those previews Kinda, and stuff, yeah. totally buried it. Yeah, that totally sucks
1: it. because Unstable sucks. Unsets suck except for the lands.
0: Mm, I don't even like the lands that much.
1: Yeah, the lands in Unstable weren't even my favorite lands. Yeah, I just said it. I
0: have a bunch. I'm looking to kind of trade them off for other things that I want. Hmm. I'm trying to collect the those panoramic picture things, though. Those are cool. I like those. Oh,
1: yeah, the contraptions yeah. are I think those they're.
0: are neat. I like that kind of fun art stuff. It yeah. gives me something to collect just for collecting's sake, and they're cheap, so that's also nice. Yes. Anything you can, Anytime you can collect like 400 cards in magic and they're all cheap, that's super great. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can't even do that in mask block. No. No. <laughs> I discovered that trying to make a foil set of mask block. Yeah, you're done forever. Yeah. Okay, so that's the kind of the turn one, turn two. The turn three play, maybe rocks, maybe tutor. Once you have your turn one and two Game plan down as to what direction you're going to take the deck. You use a tutor, you find what you need. Correct. Yep. Or you keep playing Big Rocks to get you to the late game earlier.
0: Yes. You want to hit your late game on turn four. Yes. You want to hit your turn seven, eight on turn four.
1: Speaking of turn four, that's when the deck comes alive for that reason. I'd hate to see an unwinding clock and or a mirror works in in play at the same time in this deck. Because you can literally just untap all your artifacts, play stuff, and double it, right? Untap, play stuff, double it. That's what Shimmer Mirror is for. So every time you unwinding clock your stuff untapped, you can play another thing and double it. Yes. And that's how this deck makes huge value if you don't do the Shroom game plan. I don't mind that.
0: You can swarm... Being swarmed with eight drops is just a bad feeling. Yes. It's just a bad feeling.
1: And you know what the other thing I like is if you're kind of going down that route, uh, Master Transmuter. it's an artifact creature. You tap it, tap one, and you switch an artifact in play with an artifact in your hand, and if you can power that guy out on turn two or three with big mana, soul ring, whatever, you could do life loss, life gain. You could get out mere battlesphere. You could get in uh, dark steel forge, sphinx summoner to tutor for your blightsteel colossus, and then switch your sphinx summoner for your blightsteel colossus, and then next turn play your Sphinx Summoner to search for another artifact to do it again, <laughs> you can see where the value is. And if you're untapping your Master Transmuter every turn with your Unwinding Clock, you could do that every turn. Tutor, 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 tutor. Play for free. Or yeah. for one mana as long as your Master Transmuter isn't destroyed. And it you, wouldn't be if you searched for Darksteel Forge. <laughs> <laughs> you could just be that guy. Yes. Jeff
0: is our that guy. Because a lot of his decks are like this. We're just kind of talking about like geoff as a human a lot of his decks are very combo heavy very lots of moving parts he doesn't play a lot of just fatty beatdown decks and if he does there's usually some kind of combo element as to why they're huge fatties
1: fatty beatdown it's
0: like check out all my one ones but they're actually 12 12s why are they 12 12s geoff because of these 14 cards that i just played that's kind of the game that jeff likes to play and it's very complicated and hard to follow so i just shatterstorm him
1: I love Shatterstorm.
0: Yes. So looking at this deck, very combo heavy, mm-hmm. very big mana intensive. Yep. Lots of value, lots of kind of, I don't want to say cheap tricks, but lots of that every turn lots you're pumping of out huge value,
1: stuff. right? Value, grindy, lots of synergy. Yes, lots of synergy. Without being combo infinite.
0: And if you look at the deck, just like you're saying, there's not a ton, ton, ton of actual infinite combos. There's no infinite mana combos with your... What is it, Ether Sworn that flying thing that destroys all the permanents? Yes. You can't really go infinite with him. Yes. Um, there's lots of that stuff. And I, I th-
1: think I think this is a good way of saying or a good way of saying it is Geoff specifically leaves those out. Yes. And that is a kind of a decision that he made to make our games better, right? We're talking about friendship arc. Do you know why he does that, Ryan?
0: Friendship.
1: <laughs> yes. That is why.
0: That is why he does it. He that's wants fine. us to. He he likes playing magic with us. And rather than have this super optimized deck that wins on turn four every time, because that's what this could be, he decided to ninety five percent it or ninety percent
1: it and or cut 70% those numbers out. percent <laughs> it. Yeah, if <laughs> you, Jeff. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. And I think it's important to have good decks, have real decks as we call them, but also have decks that are dialed back, the nineties, the seventies, the the fun decks, because. You're getting together and having fun with your friends. And when Jeff was texting me and telling me this, he actually left cards out on purpose, and those cards were Paradox Engine. Well, every time you cast a spell, untap all of your non-land permanents. And it's an artifact. Yeah. Untap all your mana rocks every time you play anything. Planar Bridge is like Planar Portal, except when you search for something, you put it directly into play. Duh. Yeah. Clock of Omens, which is... Tap two artifacts, untap something else. And that leads to all kinds of infinite combos. Frexing Altar, Ashnod's Altar, because those go infinite with Sopter Thor- S- Thopter Sword combo that we talked about earlier. Correct. Blood Artist, Disciple of the Vault, Zulaport Cutthroat, left them out. Good because, on you, Jeff. Yeah, good on you. Know <laughs> thy playgroup. That's what uh, maybe the, the, the lesson here is. Is yeah. I mean,
0: this deck is still oppressive, And difficult to beat. It's very, very strong. Yep. It just doesn't have all of that optimizing stuff. And Jeff knows that. He could have them in a little pile. So if everyone wants to slit throats at some kind of (laughs) not-us EDH event, he could totally just tune this thing up immediately and go to town with it.
1: for sure. And you know what happens in our playgroup? One of our little rules that we have is early on or mid-game, if you do go infinite, congratulations, handshake, you win, scoop up, go to a different table, we'll continue playing... For the actual win, which is actually second place, but it's the win because it wasn't some cheap infinite combo. Correct. Some some play groups have like a cap on X mana or a cap on infinite. How many times you can loop it with at five or at seven or whatever. We just let the guy do it because that's what he likes because he's our friend. But then he's got to go play somewhere else because that guy
0: or play drink to drink.
1: <gasps> yes. Yeah, that's the thing. That's also Our good. buddy
0: Clayton basically shows up to play drink to drink. Yes. Which is two
1: bags. Decks are lots of fun.
0: Yep. I like them. He's got two good ones. I God like them.
1: Damn, Clayton. <laughs> okay. Budget section. Better options. We talked a little bit about it. I want to ask the question right off the bat. If you're going to play 12 tutors, why not 13? Where is Inventors Fair? It's a legendary land. If you have Metalcraft, you sacrifice it, search for an artifact, put it into your hand.
0: Maybe he doesn't own one.
1: Mm. Buy one. Yes. one. fifty.
0: Yeah, That's not even a budget thing. It's just straight up. Why water it down that way? Just do it.
1: Yeah, and...
0: And then it makes more sense with the Crucible of Worlds.
1: Yes. Also, why no Signets? Mana fixing. He's got a good mana base. Jeff's Jeff's been playing a long time. He's got a pretty good collection. He knows how
0: to do his... I think he just knows how to make a mana base. I don't think he needs the Signets, honestly.
1: Yeah. They're they're artifacts. They untap with, like, Unwinding Clock. Maybe if you Mm. had um, Paradox Engine and stuff, you'd want it, right? Definitely. But but he doesn't. So, Dinkmouth Infusion. Only 109 decks on EDH Rec play this card, and it's the most popular, what, 12-mana spell in so many color combinations?
0: Yeah. Let's give it a read. Blink Mouth Infusion is an instant for blue, blue, 12. 12? Affinity for
1: artifacts, untap all artifacts. So really, it would cost blue, blue, untap all artifacts. You could play this in that deck, if nothing else, as a... Combat trick. You swing in with all your big sphinxes and beat wholesale ass, or your blight steel colossus and kill somebody, and then some other player tries to kill you on the crackback. Ha! Dink mouth infusion. <laughs> right? Or you could use it as a combo to win and die, but we And it's an instant card of, card the, week? of the week. Card
0: of the week! It's so instant right?
1: Could it is it? Is it
0: is the... it the card of the, of the week? week, 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 week.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: It is card of the week. It's not even in here. It's card of the week. 35 cents. Yeah, so that's, what is that, 18 Canadian dollars now? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, the economy's on the rise. Yep, and w- we might even see it
1: in the milk list.
0: We, I bet you we will. <laughs> I bet you we I will. I bet you yeah, we yeah. do.
1: So, moving on so we can get to said milk list. What about Alter the Brood? CCO Staple. Cheaper than Bitter Ordeal. Drop it turn one. Shroom on turn three. Um, You're bouncing dude from Graveyard Metamorph turn four. Win! Yay! Yep. It's a good one. Okay, so let's look at some budget includes, though, because this deck actually is, like, over $700. Wow. Yeah, because lots of stuff, like Master Transmitter and stuff, is, like, 13 bucks. Tezzeret's 13 bucks. Venser is, like, 15 bucks. Everything is expensive now. I blame Commander. So we're looking at Blightsteel Colossus. I know I just said you could win Infect, it's good, blah, blah, blah. What about instead Artisan of Kozilek? It actually is a reanimate spell, and you're going to have the mana to cast it. So you entomb something, you leave it. You play, 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 play. You cast your big Artisan of Kozilek. You get your big Eldrazi with Annihilator, and you get your reanimated Sphinx.
0: But it's not an artifact. I'm okay with that. But I still Colossus you can play for free. Well, I suppose you're
1: right. <laughs> when
0: you're right, you're right. Of course, you can't play it for free because it's two hundred Canadian dollars or twenty six American dollars.
1: Yeah, so that's why it was on there because it's just north of twenty six bucks American. It's big time expense. What about Crucible of Worlds? Sixty five American. I said cut. You only got three or four lands with sack of sack effects. So is it worth the sixty five dollar price tag?
0: As it- much as I want to say yes, I don't think it is. I think that you could probably cut this for something else.
1: Yeah, this is the kind of thing that CCO Nation's listening. They like the sound of the deck. They want to build something similar but don't want to spend or don't have a $65 Crucible. You say, F take, it. You don't need it. Take it out.
0: And you could take it out and replace it with not, not literally anything, but you could pop it out and replace it with any number of things.
1: Well, what about those card draw spells that Geoff was asking us about? What about Thought Cast? That is uh, draw two cards for blue four, affinity for artifacts. It's a good one. I don't mind that. What about... Oh, Thirst for Knowledge. What
0: about Dinkmouth Infusion?
1: What about Dinkmouth Infusion? Right there. Take it out for Crucible. Yeah. You save yourself $64.80. I don't mind that. I like Thirst for Knowledge. You already run Sensei's Divining Top in the deck, but maybe you cut Crucible and Top. That's going to save you about 80 Americans. You can run these two, you know, 25-cent cards.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. And, I mean, I don't think that top is necessarily that valuable in this deck. Plus, the one that Jeff is playing is Foil, so it's
1: $31. Oh, F that guy.
0: But I feel like you could could take it out and not lose a lot from the deck, honestly.
1: I like, though, Sphinx Reanimation, and I don't want to get too much into it because we might be doing something like that next week. Not with Sphinxes, but with Reanimation, and... I'm not even going to read them because we're talking about them next week. Okay, but I will say: animate dead, dance of the dead, reanimate, necromancy, victimize on burial rites, sphinxes. Those are all black reanimation cards.
0: You know what you could play in this deck? I just realized. What is it? Purgatory. <gasps>
1: I love Purgatory.
0: There, right? And yes. It, it fits right in there. You get all your all your sphinxes on there. Bring them all back.
1: Purgatory, um, card of the week from a few weeks ago.
0: Yep, enchantment for like white, black, black two. Yeah, creatures go on to them, then you can pay some mana and or life mana. to put them back in play.
1: That's right. So Purgatory uh, acts as kind of like a storage between graveyard and play.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like Safe Haven, but not as crappy.
1: I think, yeah, two two mana, four life, offset by um, Sphinx Ambassador or whatever that gains you life when it enters the battlefield. And also sop- Thopter Sword Combo. Can't say it. Thopter Sword Combo. Did it. There you go. Stop That's there. why he works in radio, everybody. Thank you. And I think I just want to tell Jeff, like, go go Sphinx Tribal. It's 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 more fun. Do it. I kinda do too. I think it would be fun to see. And I think you could do it
0: with very very little cutting or power loss.
1: Okay. Milk list? Milk list. So the milk list is a list of converted mana cost cards by converted mana cost as per EDHRec.com. And we are talking about the Esper color combination. So we've got from zero to Fourteen mana, all of the most popular cards.
0: I wonder what fourteen is gonna be.
1: <laughs> I, f- I can't I, 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 I can't
0: we don't want to spoil it. I guess we'll have to go through the list and find out. Yes. So, Come on the ride with us, CCO Nation. Let's do this.
1: At the zero converted mana cost, is Jeff playing it? Mana Crypt? No. One Soul Ring. Yes. Two Cyclonic Rift. No. Jeff, get your shit together. <laughs> Three, chromatic lantern. No. He's not. Four supreme verdict no 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 wrath in this deck because it's kind of a big creature deck at five gilded lotus yes yes merciless eviction at six no magister sphinx at seven
0: yeah Yeah, that one's there
1: very much so that's the one that puts you to 10 life i hate that card yeah number eight or at eight converted mana cost sphinx of the steel wind he's definitely there a chroma sphinx let's read him because he is a beater six six
0: for five white blue black Flying, First Strike, Vigilance, Lifelink, Pro Red, Pro Green. (laughs)
1: What? Wow. (laughs) He's got like a paragraph of abilities. It's crazy. A Chroma Sphinx,
0: right? Yeah, it's basically an A Chroma, but it's a Sphinx.
1: At 9, Darksteel Forge. Yes, sir. Yes. 10, Omniscience. Nope. 11, mycosynth Golem. Yes. Yes, that guy's a combo getter because he makes your artifacts cost zero.
0: He makes your shit cost free.
1: Yes, I love free. 12, Blightsteel Colossus. Yes, sir. Emmercool Eons... Tw- oh, no, Promised End at 13. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion at 14.
0: There it is. Only in our minds. Does Jeff play that card?
1: Oh, yeah, because he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it is the
0: card of the week this week. Yes. But uh, it's not in the deck yet. I assume it will be by the time Jeff hears this episode, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Milk List matches, six. Seven if you include Dinkmouth.
0: Oh, that's lots. And I, and we do. So seven Milk List matches. Yes. Come on, Jeff. Get your act together. So as per usual, after the Milk List, do we want to do the, uh, the Spicy Calculator? We do.
1: So, Sharoom... At the time that the notes were made, 1056 lists. And third most popular Esper commander on EDHRec.com.
0: Behind Aloro, that piece of shit. Yep. And Xur.
1: That, that piece of shit. shit. Okay. <laughs> now we're all clear. Average converted mana cost of the deck 4.5. Mm. That goes that goes to like the big mana, big artifact, nature. Like, look at you're playing Blightsteel, you're playing Mycosynth Golem. Inkwall Leviathan, Darksteel Forge, Digmoth Infusion.
0: Half, I'm not going to say half the deck, but a third of the deck probably costs five or more. Like It's gonna, it's, yeah. it's big. Yeah, Big mana
1: here. Critical turn. I said five if you can drop Sharoom on four and then turn five your Sculpting Steel. Or is it turn four is your critical turn because that's the turn you want to cast Shurum if you're going to try and win as soon as possible. I think it could
0: be either one. I think... Generally you're probably gonna say turn five, just because you may or may not get that early turn bunch of rocks. If you get mm. the rocks, obviously your deck speeds up exponentially. I mean, duh, but I mean the deck only needs two cards and it has a million ways to find them, and one of them you already have in the command zone. Yep. So it it can be pretty quick if you get that early ramp and can play Sheroom real early.
1: Okay. Four or five critical turn, that's fine. I think optimal game size is gotta be four on this one because the more people that see what you're doing, the more are going to hate you out and the more artifact, destruction, or vandal blast style cards you have to fight through.
0: Because they're everywhere. Yes. Every deck we own probably has some way to wrath this deck. Yep. That's the glass cannon nature of it. I think Brea, they call her glass, she's a glass cannon too, right? That's
1: right. We actually talked about that on our Tier 1 Yidris list with F.U. Joel. F.U. Joel. And he said that, yeah, Brea is the glassest of the cannons. Yep. Uniqueness rating, cards that are different in this list than the stock list on edhrec.com, 45 cards. Wow. And that goes to show you that Jeff actually went out of his way to not play the Paradox Engines and the and the big Artifact Ramp and all of the um, spikiest and grindiest cards. He wanted to play Sphinx Tribal. That's more fun. And it is. Yes. yes. So 45 cards different. Now... This spicy rating offset significantly by the 12 tutors that are in the deck.
0: 12 tutors. Remember when we started doing this show and all of our decks had like one or two tutors? Yeah. And then we started talking about more competitive stuff recently and all of our spice ratings have just effing tanked because everybody has 46 tutors in their deck now? (laughs) Yes.
1: Come on, guys. Play for fun. 45 uh, unique, 12 tutors. Spiciness rating, 32. Still pretty good. I don't mind that. I guess. Uh, we've seen higher. Yes, we have. Uh, we've seen lower.
0: Yeah, we have. And you know what? Although the lower ones are all on purpose. So yeah, and props uh. to Jeff
1: to uh, for making it Sphinx Tribal and making it fun and not being a d bag when he plays it. Yes. And that's because he's our friend. Yes, we have definitely oh, seen. Oh no, that's it. is that is that why he's our friend or he's I don't get. He's know.
0: our friend, so he doesn't do that stuff. He wants to play Magic with us, not show up and just. Eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, get hurt for real. Like, he might be a black belt, but there's, like, nine of us, and we'd get him.
1: I don't know. He's pretty big. And he's a black belt. And he teaches other black belts. Wow. That's, that's like, a thing, man.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I figure if we, like, tased him first,
1: got him drunk and then tased him. He probably has a taser, too. He may or may not be a lost law enforcement official. Yeah. In addition to being a black belt. (laughs) 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 F you, Jeff. thanks, Jeff. We're going to... Bottle you from behind and <laughs> stick you with the pointy side of a broken beer bottle in the back of the leg so you can't yeah. spin kick us. He, he's probably still would. He'd His leg would be, be like just hanging by a tendon or something and just be like.
0: You just use it as a club? Yes. Yeah, it's, that's the PA in him. Yep. Yeah, little leg club move.
1: Okay, so what else on the deck? I mean, I think we beat it to death that it's actually fun and we're going to go beat Jeff to death now. I like it. Actually, I like it too. Wait I was... a second.
0: Should we do some, some strengths and weaknesses before we before we go? I think we should. I
1: think. Yes, yes. let's do it. Let's do that. So, final part of the show, strengths, weaknesses. What do you want to start with? Weakness. Weakness. It's all artifacts. Weakness is hitting Jeff from behind. He doesn't have <laughs> eyes in the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all artifacts, it folds to deck.
0: Yes, or maybe like a, what's that other thing I think, kill switch. Yes. Or null rod or...
1: Yeah, something like that. But you got to remember, too, it does have a reanimator package in it as well. Yes. So maybe it doesn't fold as bad as, you know, Artifact.deck. It doesn't fold as bad as Brea does. No. No, yeah.
0: definitely not. But it, it does have that okay. crumbling nature to it.
1: Um, Shroom, falling out of favor. I mean, we, we, we just talked about Brea again. Shroom costs six. Brea costs, like, what, five?
0: Four. Four, nine. five,
1: whatever. Yeah. It's a turn faster at least.
0: Adds an extra color, blah 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 blah, blah.
1: Yeah, Sharoom's kinda got that same thing that Nekizar's got from two weeks ago. That like the Sharom stigma. Yeah. Right. So maybe maybe that's a thing. And coming up to
0: the bellying up to the table with a reputation is always bad. Yeah. It's always bad. That's a thing. You could have the spiciest deck in the world, but if somebody just looks at it and sees a pile of ninety nine and a shroom or a brea or a zur or whatever, yeah. you're immediately stuck with that. Unless Everybody you're else on the down. internet's a douchebag and you probably are, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And th- that is the case unless you sit down and everybody's playing that kind of deck. Yeah. Right? So the last weakness I wanted to touch on with this particular deck, it doesn't have a whole ton of counter spells for being blue, white, black, and it doesn't have a whole bunch of wraths. For, again, for the same reason, for being blue, white, black, you would think it would have more ways to protect, and this particular deck doesn't. Correct. Yeah. So strengths, I think, fast.
0: It's very fast. D- it's very- despite
1: being... Slower than Brea, it's faster than lots of other decks.
0: Yes, and it has lots of ways to win. It's not like you can hose it by removing a couple of cards.
1: Very tunable. Talked about tuning it for Sphinx Tribal, tuning it for combo win, tuning it for speed or artifact. You can tune it into
0: doing all sorts of things, and that versatility is what we like about any deck. Multiple
1: paths to victory, and unique gameplay experiences. Which is everything we're about this deck will cover both of those grounds and it also is pretty fun especially if you go the big reanimator out that's my jam
0: yeah we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks here
1: and it's actually this deck and next week's deck actually inspired me to want to build a deck like that what i'm worried about is it'll be too much like a bunch of my friends decks and they'll start calling me mini jeff or mini jesse Ooh, that would be way worse
0: yeah that's one. that's actually like a super huge burn around our table hey New Jesse.
1: Oh, New Jesse. I forgot about that.
0: Then. Yeah. That's the thing. Hashtag New Jesse. We're going to bring that one back when we talk Jesse's deck in a couple of weeks.
1: Yep. you Jesse. <laughs> okay. Final thoughts of the day?
0: I don't really have a final thought of the day, Ryan. And, and parting the curtain again, Jeff was actually the guy that brought you to us. Oh, yeah. And you guys have been friends for a million years, and you know him better than I do. So... You do the final thought this week.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, me and Jeff started playing together. He was actually friends with my sister before he was friends with me. And that was way back when we were, whoa, oh, I think like in maybe elementary school, maybe junior high, like grade eight, definitely in grade nine when him and my sister went to the same high school and we played magic together in the city that we were from. And then we hooked up again when we moved to Saskatoon and started playing at the university together. And it was him that eventually invited me over to your house. So the whole time I've played with Jeff, he's liked decks like this that are fairly grindy, fairly combo centered and very complex. And the only caution I would throw to anybody out in CCO Nation is if you're playing a deck that's very intricate and complex, make sure you practice with it or know the uh, interactions so you don't slow play everybody because that'll make them not want to play with you as much or build a simpler deck to play like Sphinx Tribal Reanimator. Good on you, Jeff. And speaking of Reanimator, we're going to talk about another deck that does just that on the next episode of Commander
0: Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Woo!
1: Hello, this is Max.
0: Hey, is this Max Crandell? Yes, it is. Hey, man, this is uh, Brando and Ryan from Commander Cookout Podcast. How are you? Good, you? Super great. Uh, we we're. Wh- why are we calling him?
1: Oh, yeah. Ryan? Max Crandell, what's going down? Not much. Why are we calling... We're calling... Um, Max Crandell, Brando, is the guy that said Commander Cookout's his second favorite podcast? What? And he's the guy that said Commander Cookout is only a little bit better than Canadian bacon? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me right now, Ryan? (laughs) No. No, not, no. It's definitely better than Canadian bacon. I'll give you that much. Now we got him on the spot. Now he's, mm -hmm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Max Crandell, there's only one thing
1: we can say to you. F you, Max Uh Crandell.